him. Hallelujah. God, you're so good. Lift up your hands and glorify God. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We're thankful that we know who you are, God. And we're thankful that you know who we are, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. It's going to be in the house of the Lord. Thank you all for braving the winter weather, uh, you know, and, and uh, coming out in the snow. And thank you to all of the men and some of the ladies that went out there and shoveled the walkway and put some salt out there. Uh, no matter whether we shovel or put salt, please be careful when you walk out. We don't want anybody slipping and breaking anything. We believe in healing, but we don't believe in tempting God either. So make sure you're safe when you're walking around. Uh, but thankful that everybody came uh, out to the house of God. Uh, you know, the, the, the thing I will say, and I'll say this again as an announcement, um, we will always be having church unless stated otherwise. Um, but also, if you don't feel safe driving, if it's crazy weather, I grew up in the snow, you're welcome to stay home and listen online. We will not judge you for it. Uh, uh, but if it's if it just happens to be 85 degrees out and it's really sunny, and you just, I just don't feel safe coming to church. I'd rather be safe on my boat. You know, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. But if it is three feet of snow and it's icy on the roads, hey, but we go out to Fallon no matter what, so... Uh, that's an hour hour away there, hour back, and, and we brave the weather to, to bring a word to them. So let's come to church. Hallelujah. I'm glad everybody made it to the house of God. Hallelujah. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to the book of Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Got a lot of verses here today, so if you can't keep up with uh, flipping in your Bible, uh, if you have a pen and paper, you're welcome to write them down can also get them to you after church, uh, but but you can also watch on the screen, uh, but you can double check my work to make sure it's on there, hallelujah, but uh, Matthew 28 and 18, this, uh, this might be our last installation of the oneness of God, and then we'll move on from here, uh, we've got a good five, six weeks on this, uh, we might do a couple more, who knows, I've got a lot, I've actually got more on this than we got time, but I do want to, uh, I also want to keep people moving through the Bible in Jesus' name. Matthew 28, 18. The Bible says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And I want to teach to us for a few moments who is the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Why don't you set your Bibles down? Let's lift up our hands and let's pray one more time. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, we praise you. We glorify you. Hallelujah. We thank you for your word. We thank you that we have the opportunity to learn your word. God, to receive your word. I pray, God, help me to teach. Help us to hear and to understand, God, so we can show it to somebody else, the revelation that you've given to us through your word. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Shake your neighbor's hand, tell them God bless you, and you can, you can be seated today. Who is the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost? It is clear in the Bible that the terms Father, Son, and Holy Ghost cannot imply three separate persons, personalities, wills, or beings. You don't have to read very far to realize and 
just within context what is actually being said when you see each of these. And we'll talk about that as we go through. They can only denote different aspects or roles of one spirit being the one God. These terms describe God's relationship to man, not persons in a Godhead. The Bible was written by men through the inspiration of God for men. And it is written so we can learn. The Bible says that the scriptures were given for our learning upon whom the ends of the world are come. And they're given to us for instruction. So when, the, when you read the Bible, it is a revelation from God. But it is written by man. And it is to be read by men. And it has to be read that way that God will speak to us in ways that we can understand. So when you look at this, these terms describe different relationships that God has to man. They are not persons in a Godhead. When we say Father, when the Bible says Father, it is referring to God's role as creator. He is the Father of life. He is the Father of everything. The Bible says He is the Father of spirits. We know Him to be the Father of the born-again believer. And ultimately, He is the Father of all humanity and then he is, uh, when we talk about the eternal nature, he is the father of the man Christ Jesus. When we say son, or when the Bible says son, it is referring to the humanity of Jesus Christ. In other words, it's talking about the flesh, the, the humanity, the sacrifice, or the sacrificial, as John would put it, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. In other words, behold the sacrificial Lamb. And so we see that it is the sacrifice of God that was manifest, that He manifested Himself in for the purpose of man's salvation. So when we say Son of God, we are talking about the sacrifice that God manifested Himself in. Hallelujah. Son of God through the Bible is indicative of humanity. You find that that Adam was the son of God. Seth was the son of God. And you go down the list, and it's always talking about a man being the son of God. There's only one place where it talks about the sons of God referring to angels, and that is in the book of Job. And that is the only place. Every other place, when it says son of God, it is, it is referring to humanity. It is referring to flesh. Uh, and, and, and ultimately, we find through the book of John chapter 1, uh, that, that he became like us so we could be like him. Uh, we find that we are now given the power and the ability, the Bible says, to become the sons of God. And so you got to remember that we are human. We are flesh. And that is what the Bible is referring to. Again, as I've said before, you can't read the Bible through uh, modern English understanding and say, well, that's just what it is. And, uh, and so son must mean that it's a little child. Uh, and, 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 and what it's saying is we have the ability and we have the power to become the sons of God. It means the flesh of God when we say son. So you've got to remember that and keep that in mind when you're reading the Bible. It's all the way from Genesis to Revelations. When we say or when the Bible says Holy Ghost, it is referring to God's active power in the world among men, particularly his work in regeneration. That we are, we are sealed under the day of redemption through His Spirit. Amen. And, and he is, we have been washed with the washing of regeneration through the Holy Ghost. Uh, so we see that these are not separate persons 
or individuals, but they are rather roles of relationship. God is letting us know what his relationship to us is and at different points. He is the father of us. He is the father of creation. We know him as father. Uh, he was the son of God. We know that he was our sacrifice. It was the flesh that God was manifested in. And then he is the Holy Ghost. We know this because we have received his spirit. And somebody said, amen. God's relationship with us is revealed ultimately in three avenues. The eternal, when we talk about the Father. The external, that is the visible Son. And then there is the internal, that is the Holy Ghost. And that is not talking about three persons. Again, that is talking about different roles in which we know God. Another way Jesus could be known as, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Or we could talk about this, above all, through all, and in you all. If you have your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 4 and 5. Let's go into this real quick. When we talk about the eternal, external, and the internal. We know this, Ephesians 4 and 5, wonderful verse. This is Paul. He is summing up what we believe about God. Anybody who says, well, there's a trinity. First off, it's not in the Bible. There is no trinity. There is no trinity. It's not in the Bible. There's one God. We know that from Genesis to Revelations. He's summing it up right here. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Well, what about the church down the road? Well, they've got to abide by the one Lord, the one faith, and the one baptism. There's no other way. There's only one way. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other way. Okay, go to verse 6. One God and Father of all. I'd like to see how the Trinitarians would break this down. Well, who's God and who's the Father? So now there's four. We've got Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and God. Okay, they don't like to, they like to use the word and when it fits them. Okay, one God, and we've learned before that the word and is where we get the word even. One God, even Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. Wait a minute, hold on. The Holy Ghost is in me. But wait, the Father's supposed to be in me, and now God's in me. How many spirits do I have in me? Okay. Well, you might have a bad spirit, but you don't. No, I'm kidding. No. Let's talk about this. God above us. Deuteronomy 4 and 39. Okay, we know this in the Bible. Know therefore this day. Okay. Know therefore this day and consider it in thine heart that the Lord, he is God in heaven above and upon the earth beneath. There is none else. Well, I thought there was two or three. There is none else. He is God above. All right, go to uh, Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. Let's talk about God with us. Behold, a virgin shall bring, be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Okay, so this one God, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, we found that this is talking about the God that's above us. He's above all. It's talking about the one God, the one God that's above all. Well, now we're, we're learning that Jesus is the God with us. Uh, he is through all. Go to, go to Colossians 1 and 27. Let's talk about God in us or God in you all. Colossians 1 and 27. To whom God, there we go, to whom God would make known what is the riches of, glo of glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. What is that mystery? Which is Christ in you, the hope of of glory. Wait a minute. I thought there's a God above all. There's a God with us, Jesus, and then there's a God in us, the Holy Ghost. Well, we just saw here that, that there's a God above us, okay? 
And we know that Jesus came down from heaven, manifests himself in flesh, and that's where we get Matthew 1.23. His name shall be called Emmanuel, which is God with us. So now we have God above us. We have God with us. We see that being Jesus. And then Colossians 1.27, Christ in us. So it's Christ's spirit that's in us, the hope of glory. So is there one or is there three? There's one. There's none else. Who is Jesus? Isaiah 9 and 6. I want to talk about how Jesus is the Father. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God. Wait a minute. I thought he's just a, you know, he's just supposed to be the son. He's just, no, the Mighty God. Not one of the Mighty Gods. Not plural. The Mighty God. The Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. His name shall be called. <laughs> okay, I just want you to realize that. His name shall be called. He is the mighty God. He is the everlasting Father. What's his name? There you go. That's the Father right there. Jesus is the Father, John 10 and 30. Well, I thought they were separate, okay? I thought there was, I thought there was three. I and my Father are one. Keep going. This, this is what he says. And many have said, well, he meant one in unity, and, and they're, you know, they're close, and they're, no, keep going. Look at, look at what the Jews understood in that day, not through modern English understanding. What did they understand when he said, I and my father are one? Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, many good works have I showed you from my father. For which of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered him saying, for a good work we stone thee not but for blasphemy, and because that thou, being a man, makest thyself God. When he said, I and my Father are one, they knew exactly what he meant. He said, he was letting them know, I am God. And all they saw was the flesh. All they saw was what we would call the sun, the visible, the, 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 it, the, the, the temporal, the uh, the, the sacrifice, the, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world, and they didn't realize that he was God manifest in the flesh. They were, they were unable to realize who they were really talking to. And when he said that, they took up stones to stone him because they thought, you're just a man. And there's a lot of people that would go to that extreme and say, okay, fine, there's one God, but Jesus was just a man. And we're going to get into that here in a minute, that he was 100% man and 100% God. Somebody said amen. John chapter 14, Philip wanted to see the Father. So we're still talking about who is Jesus. John 14 and 8, Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us, or it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, have I been so long time with you, and yet thou hast not known the Father? No. And yet thou hast not known me, Philip. He that hath seen me, he that hath seen me, hath seen the Father. Wait, wait, hold on. I thought there were two separate. You see how people get it all convoluted and they start mixing things up? But if you just read the context, you'll see it. Jesus will tell you who he is. If you want to know who he is, he will tell you who he is. And so he goes on and says, He that's seen me hath seen the Father. How sayest thou then, show us the Father? Why are you asking to see the Father? How long you've been with me and you don't know me, I am the Father. So we know right here from the Scripture, 
Jesus is the Father. All right, we knocked it down to two. So we got the, the Father, which is the Son, and the Holy Ghost. All right, cool. We got down to two. Let's go. Jesus is the Son, Matthew 16 and 15. He asks a question. And this is a question we've got to ask. Who is Jesus? He first asks, what's the popular opinion? What does everybody else say about me? Uh, and, and that's okay. It's good to gauge the crowd and find out what does everybody think. But everybody's got to answer this question for themselves. Eventually, you've got to come to a personal revelation, and you've got to come to an understanding for yourself. Who is God? He asked this. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, nobody's going nobody's to uh, debate this. They're going to go, Of course, this one's the understandable one. Uh, but notice Jesus didn't correct him. He didn't say, No, no, I'm just a, I'm just a man just a normal individual. I'm like what everybody else said. I'm just a prophet. I'm just a good guy. I'm a good teacher. No, he didn't correct him. He said, you're the son of God. And he says, blessed art thou, Simon Berjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to be my father, which is in heaven. And he goes and proceeds to give him the keys of the kingdom. And he blessed him for that revelation. You're blessed when you got a revelation who Jesus is. Really, really, you're blessed. We are blessed as a people. Amen. But I want to go after something for a minute. There is a big difference between saying God the Son and the Son of God. The Trinitarians will utilize this, and they will say God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. There's one big glaring problem with this. One's in the Bible and one is not. There is, through the Bible, the phrase the Son of God, and I've already talked about it. It's talking about humanity, talking about flesh. But to say God the Son is not in the Bible or God the Holy Ghost is not in the Bible. And they utilize this terminology, an extra-biblical terminology, and, and ultimately the reason they have to use extra-biblical terminology is because they've got extra-biblical uh, extra content that's not in the Bible. It's teaching that it's not from God, it's not from the Bible, and I hope I'm not offending anybody, but I'm telling you the truth. It's not in there. You won't find it anywhere in the Bible. And so... Uh, if, if the word Trinity's not in there and God the Son's not in there and God the Holy Ghost is not in there, why would they utilize it? Well, they utilize it because they're trying to get people uh, wrapped up in this false doctrine. It's a heresy. It's not in the Bible. Okay. So there's a big difference between saying that. Trinitarians would say that this is their big thing. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. Right? So they would say this. Who is Jesus? And they would say, he is, he, is a part of the, he is in the Godhead. He is a part of the Godhead, Colossians 2 and 9. We, we believe the Bible. We don't believe Jesus is in the Godhead. We don't believe that Jesus is a part of God. We actually believe what the Bible says. For in him dwelleth some, a third, a part, a piece, half. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. They would say Jesus is in the Godhead, but the Bible says the Godhead is in Jesus. Amen. The Father, he said, the Father's in me and I am the Father. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and my Father are one. What he's saying is when you look at the humanity, inside this humanity there's divinity. Inside this, all the fullness of the Godhead is right here. So when you see, when you want to know who God is, you just look at the face of Jesus. He is, the Bible says, the express image of his person. Another thing they like to say, the persons of the Godhead. The Bible never says the word persons. He is the express image of his person. There is one person. In other words, God is not 
Uh, God is not bipolar. God does not have schizophrenia. He does not have multi-personalities. They want to say he's three persons. What they're literally saying is he's three hypostases, three personalities. Okay, so they don't want to say he's got three heads or three beings. Uh, they want to try to make it seem in whatever way they're trying, but it's not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. Jesus is not in the Godhead. The Godhead is in Jesus. Amen. When the Bible says Son of God, it is referring to his humanity because Jesus was fully God and fully human. Some people have become confused. Well, Jesus prayed. Who did he pray to? First off, he's a perfect example. He's got to show us the way. And he did this. A lot of times you'll see he takes with him Peter, James, and John. And then he takes them into the Garden of Gethsemane. He takes them up a mountain. And what is he doing? He's showing them how to pray. So there's your first reason. Second reason, he's still 100% human. The Bible says he was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. Jesus Christ had to be tempted in every point so that he could conquer death and the grave. He had to be able to conquer sin. He had to be able to be the perfect spotless lamb. And, and some people would teach that he was divine flesh. We don't get in any of that mess. He was human, 100% human. But that humanity was to be the sacrifice and nothing but the sacrifice. And there was divinity in Jesus, all the fullness of the Godhead. That's what the Bible is saying. And we know this. We see this duality. Nobody questions the other parts. Nobody questions this, this portion where, where there's a moment where Jesus is in, if you will, in his flesh, not carnality, as I hope you understand what I'm saying. And there's time where he's in the spirit, okay? And he's ultimately being our perfect example. There's times where we're in the flesh, but we fight in the spirit. We know that as a man, Jesus was born, but as God, he is eternal. As a man, Jesus was tempted by the devil, but as God, he cast out devils. As a man, Jesus got hungry, but as God, he was the bread of life, and he fed multitudes with a little fish and loaves. As a man, Jesus got thirsty, but as God, he was the living water. As a man, Jesus got tired, but as God, he gave rest to the weary. As a man, Jesus had to weather storms in life, but as God, he was the one that stepped on the bow of the boat and calmed the storms. As a man, Jesus prayed, but as God, he was the one that answers prayer. As a man, Jesus had no power, but as God, he had all power. As a man, Jesus was a servant, but as God, he was the King of kings and the Lord of lords. As a man, Jesus was beaten, but as God, he healed the sick and helped those that were hurting. As a man, Jesus was sacrificed, but as God, he was the one that forgave the sins in which they needed a sacrifice for. As a man, Jesus died, but as God, he was the resurrection and the life. If anybody wants to know who Jesus is, he is our God. He is our God. You want to know who to worship? Worship Jesus. You want to know who to praise? Praise Jesus. You want to know who, who you should be baptized in the name of? Jesus. Amen. So we see Jesus is the Father. Jesus is the Son. Let's talk about Jesus is the Holy Ghost. Joel 2 and 28. We're going to look at some prophecy in the Bible. Joel, and, Joel 2 and 28. God is speaking, and he was letting them know. And later this is quoted by Peter in the book of Acts chapter 2. And it shall come to pass afterward, or as Peter says, in the last days, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, 
your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out uh, the, the Holy Spirit. That spirit over there, this third part. No, he says my spirit. Okay, so we have the prophecy. God is going to pour out his spirit. John 14 and 18. Jesus is speaking. He says this. He starts talking about the comforter. And uh, a couple verses before, he says, But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Uh, so he tells us what, who the comforter is. But this is what he says when he's in the same context. You can read the whole chapter later. Great chapter on the oneness of God right here. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But you see me, because I live, ye shall live also. At that day, you shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. There's some folks that would get confused by that. He's letting them know that when you've seen me, this is in the same context, you've seen the Father. But I want you to know that I am, you see me right now, but I'm going to be in you. Amen. I'm going to be in you, and you're going to be in me. How is that possible? All they see is the humanity, the flesh. And he's saying, one day you're going to be in me. The Bible says we are buried with him in baptism. If any man be in Christ. But I want to tell you, you also have to have Christ in you. Hallelujah. And that's what he's talking about right there. Amen. Being born again. Luke 24, 23 and 46. We're still talking about Jesus. Jesus is the Father. Jesus is the Son. And Jesus is the Holy Ghost. Luke 23, 46. So we see in Joel chapter 2, he's saying, I'm going to give you my spirit. And Jesus says, I'm the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, is going to come to you. And then he says that I will not leave you, leave you comfortless. I will come to you. I will be your comforter. He's letting him know I am the Holy Ghost, uh, and I will be in you. Luke 23 and 46. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands commend I the Holy Spirit, a third part of God. No, he said, I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. The, the, the word ghost, and we can use Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, whatever. It is the spirit of a departed one. So when people talk about the Holy Ghost being a third part, it can't be a third part because it's it has to have been departed. <laughs> uh, Jesus is the only one that died and gave up the spirit, gave up the ghost. Hallelujah. He is holy and he is the Holy Ghost. John 2, 20 and 22. John 20 and 22. And when he said this, Jesus is resurrected now. He's no longer by the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, his spirit left him. He died. In other words, the humanity, the flesh died. Because without the spirit of God, there is no life. I can preach on that. But he died. He gave up the ghost. And then three days in that tomb, three days later, he's resurrected. And the Bible says that same spirit which raised Christ Jesus from the dead shall quicken your mortal bodies. And that's talking about when you receive the Holy Ghost. And so he's resurrected. And when he shows up to his disciples, and when he had said, when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. So Jesus is the one that's going to give them the Holy Ghost because Jesus is the Holy Ghost. Acts 2 and 4 good verse right here and some of them were filled 
Just those that had that spiritual gift were filled. Just those that had accepted the Lord Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior got filled. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Uh, let me just take a little commercial break here. Uh, they all received the Holy Ghost. And I want you to know, they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. And, and let me just tell the naysayers, well, speaking in tongues was just for there because uh, they, they, they had to be able to talk to the people that were there. Uh, these were all Jews, the Bible says, devout men. Okay, so these were religious people. I know I'm off on a tangent talking about the Holy Ghost, but since we're here, let's talk about it. Jews, devout men, out of every nation under he uh, heaven, Jews, Parisians, Elamites, dwellers of Mesopotamia, all sorts of people. Uh, to be a devout Jew, you've got to know Hebrew. Well, they only, they only spoke in tongues so everybody could understand each other. Okay, first it says they all heard them speaking Galilean. <laughs> Most people weren't from Galilee. So, uh, so they, they hear them speaking in other tongues. And these people all know Hebrew, so that, that gets rid of that argument. Well, it was just for the apostles. Uh, well, unfortunately, if you go to Acts 1, you're going to see that even Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there, and she got the Holy Ghost. There was 120 in the upper room that weren't, weren't apostles, didn't have that gift, if you will. They all got the Holy Ghost. Acts 8, you got, you got all, the, you got all the, the Samaritans. They're getting the Holy Ghost. They're getting baptized in Jesus' name. Acts 10, you have all the Gentiles. And then you go to Acts 19, you got, you got a bunch of Gentile uh, people that are, that are believers. They follow John. They, they're sort of religious. And they got the Holy Ghost and spoke in other tongues too. Hallelujah. Somebody said amen. So don't let anybody lie to you and say there's a, there's a trinity, and don't let anybody lie to you and say that you won't speak in tongues when you get the Holy Ghost because it's all the way through the Bible. Amen. Let's finish this. Jesus is the Holy Ghost. Colossians 1 and 26. The Bible says this, Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, what mystery is now made manifest to his saints. I want to tell you, if you're a saint of God, you've got such a blessed revelation uh, to, that you know who God is. And he says, this mystery which was hid from the ages is now manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. What is that mystery? That mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So, he said, I'm going to send, and Joel had prophesied, I'm going to send my spirit. I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Jesus says the comforter is the Holy Ghost. He said, I won't leave you comfortless. I'll come to you. So Jesus promised he's going to be the comforter. But he said the Holy Ghost is the comforter. And then you keep moving forward, and you find that Jesus, he, he gives up the ghost when he dies, and then he's resurrected. He breathes on him, says, receive the Holy Ghost. Acts 2, then they were all in one accord, and, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak. So God fulfilled what he said, and, and later in Acts 2, he tells them this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. So the spirit he said he'd give, the spirit Jesus said, I'll come to you. It shows up in Acts chapter 2, and it's poured out upon all flesh and we received that Holy Ghost so we got the Holy Ghost anybody here got the Holy Ghost amen I know it's not probably not in order but if you want the Holy Ghost you can have it today you can have it today but when you get the Holy Ghost are you getting a third part of God are you getting a piece of the Trinity 
No, I'll tell you what you're getting. So wait, I got the Holy Ghost. I spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. I received that Spirit. He prophesied in Joel chapter 2. I got everything, and yet here the Bible says it's Christ in us. So how many spirits do I got inside me? Amen. One. I got the Holy Ghost, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is that same spirit that when he died on that cross on Calvary and he gave up the ghost. Amen. That is that same spirit that resurrected his body. And the Bible says that we'll be raised to newness of life through that same spirit, which is the Holy Ghost. Amen. Jesus is the Father. Jesus is the Son. Jesus is the Holy Ghost. Somebody said amen. We've got a few more moments. Acts chapter 7, verse 59. Let's, let's see what the Bible characters say about Jesus. Is Jesus a good guy? Or is he a piece of God, part of God? No, I would tell you right now. Everybody that knew who Jesus was in the Bible, they would tell you right here exactly what Stephen says. And when they stoned Stephen, he was calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He saw Jesus. The Bible says, I see Jesus standing on the right hand, power. I see Jesus standing on power. Uh, and, 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 and he looks up to heaven and says, Lord Jesus. In other words, when he prayed to God, who did he pray to? When you pray to God, who are you going to pray to? When you end your prayer, what do you say? In Jesus' name. When you baptize somebody, what do you say? In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That's Catholic 325 AD, Council of Nicaea. Look it up when you get home. You know how you baptize people? In Jesus' name. Because there's only, the Bible says this, Acts 4 and 12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. How you say when you're baptized in the name? Somebody said amen. Hallelujah. So Stephen said, you're God. I'm going to pray to God. And he says, you're my Lord and my God. Hallelujah. Uh, let's go to, go to, go to Thomas, uh, John chapter 20, verse 28. He, gets, he says, I will not believe in Jesus. I will not believe he raised from the dead, except I can put my hands in the prints of the nails and put my hands in his side. And Jesus shows up to give him a personal experience. And Jesus will do the same for you. And Thomas, after he got this done, he answered and said unto him, he said, third part of the Trinity. He just said, you know, just a good guy, a prophet. He said, my Lord and my he knew who he was. If Thomas looked at Jesus and said, my Lord, my God, I'm not going to listen to some seminarian. I'm not going to listen to some theologian from, from 300 years after the resurrection of Jesus that, does, that didn't know any of the apostles, didn't know anything. I'm going to go back to the Bible, and I want to know what the Bible says. If the disciples saw Jesus as their Lord and their God and not as a third part of the Trinity, as not being some piece of God, part of God, but being God manifest in the flesh, that's exactly how we ought to see God. Let's move forward. Let's talk about Saul of Tarsus, or later known as the Apostle Paul at his conversion date. Uh, Acts 9 and 5. Paul was asking who he knew at the time, Yahweh or Jehovah God, the one that he had worshipped as a young Jewish boy all of his life. He was asking this question. He asks, and, and, and he goes, and he just says, Who art thou, Lord? You'd think a guy that worshiped God all his life would know who God is. He should have said, Jehovah, I've been waiting on you. 
He should have said, the one God, I've been waiting on you. The mighty God. And he says, who are you? And he says this, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. So when Jesus spoke of himself, when he asked, who are you, Lord? Who is the Lord? Jesus himself said, it's me. I am Jesus. He didn't say, no, no, it's, it's that guy over there. He said, it's me. Amen. Let's go on to Isaiah 43 and 11. So Paul, Thomas, you name them. They all, even Simon Peter, everybody knew exactly who Jesus was. Jesus is God. Hallelujah. Let's talk about some contradictions for a Trinitarian. <laughs> Hope I'm not offending anybody, but let's let's just be real. I'd rather be real and, and tell pe people the truth than to have them think. I, I, I have to talk very straight because some people think I, I'm saying what they believe, and really I, they don't believe what I'm saying. So i got to distinguish. If you go to a Trinitarian church or you were raised in a Trinitarian church, uh, they didn't teach you the Bible. They didn't teach you the truth. And that's okay. You can start where you are. We'll teach you the Bible. We won't give you opinions. We won't quote you John Calvin. We'll quote you uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Hallelujah. We'll quote you the Bible. So who's our Savior? Who's our Savior? Oh, well, wait, hold on. Okay, let's play. I, I love this phrase. Let's play the devil's advocate. Trinitarian would be the devil's advocate. Uh, I even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. Next to him, alongside him, with him, there's none else. He is the only Savior. All right, everybody getting that? Okay, so in the Old Testament, before God was manifest in the flesh, before anybody, uh, uh, they can't even find a verse in the Old Testament proving there's a trinity. So everybody's monotheistic up to this point. They believe in one God. They believe in Jehovah, Yahweh, uh, uh, YHWH, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and they, they, they believe in one God. And he says, there is no other Savior but me. I am the only Savior. Let's go and move forward, Luke 2 and 1. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that, oh, I'm sorry, I got the wrong verse for you. I think it's one verse ahead, maybe two verses ahead. Um, I'm sorry, two and one. I'm dyslexic. There we go. No, one and two. I'm, I'm all messed up. Forgive me. Man, I am missing it today. All right, well, we'll find it later. I'll give you that verse another time. Uh, this is a verse they quote at Christmas. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Look that up later. Quote me, check me, it's in there. Um, so wait, Jesus is born and he's the Savior. But God said there's no other Savior. So, so this is a contradiction for a Trinitarian. Uh, Jesus, this verse is not speaking of two separate persons. There are not two separate saviors, and yet, uh, for one believing that there are three separate and distinct persons in the Godhead, uh, two saviors is what you'd have to believe right here. You'd have to, if you believe part of that, you got to believe the whole part, and you have to believe that there's three and that there's two saviors, and it's a contradiction of the Bible. This is not the case. There is only one savior, God, a spirit, John 4, 24, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. God, a spirit, robed himself in flesh. We know this. Great is the mystery of godliness, for God was manifest in the flesh. Not a piece of God, part of God. Uh, he robed himself in flesh and blood, body of Jesus Christ, to become our Savior. 
So what are you seeing? Isaiah 43 is talking about God said, I am the Savior. I'm the only Savior. There's none else. And then you're seeing him, him be true to his word and manifest in, fle in the flesh to be our Savior. So he's filled. If you believe in one God, you're seeing the verses unfold themselves, prophecies unfold themselves. If you believe in the Trinity, you're confused. Hallelujah. Okay, let's talk about this. Who is the first and the last? Isaiah 44 and 6. I hope I got this verse right. Okay, I think I got it. Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. Okay, again, Old Testament. This must be God the Father. God the Father is about to tell us what's going on. Uh, I am the first, and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. There's nobody else. It's all, he said, I'm the first and the last. There's no room for two firsts and two lasts. Somebody's going to come in second. Hallelujah. So, according to them, let's just call them them, there's that, 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 that God the Father's the first and the last. Let's go to Revelations 1 and 8. This is good right here. Jesus is speaking. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come. He is the beginning and the end. He is the first and the last. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the author and the finisher. He is the bread. He is the water. He is the rock. He is everything. He said, I am the door. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. There's not more than one. There's only one God. It's all about Jesus. Let's talk about this and we'll end, we'll end here. Who has all the power? Matthew 28 and 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, A third power, a third part, a third personality. He said, All. Some, a little. You got to get this. You got to get this. Th this right here. This, this right here, people, they want to quote. Go ahead. If you can pull up Matthew 28 19. I know that's, we're going to come back to this one in just a second. But you ask somebody uh, how to be baptized, you know what they'll tell you? Oh, Matthew 28 19, because I'm a Trinitarian. Uh, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And they'll take one verse and say, see, that's the formula for baptism. When there's, I could show you, no less than 25 scriptures that you got to be baptized in Jesus' name. <laughs> they'll take one verse, and they won't even read it right, because it says in the name, not names. Father's not a name. Son's not a name. Holy Ghost is not a name. Those are, those are modes. Those are relationships. We already talked about that. Jesus is the Father. Jesus is the Son. Jesus is the Holy Ghost. But let's read the Bible in context. Go back to the first verse. or the, I'm sorry, 18. And Jesus came and spake to them, All power. That word power is exousius, where we get the word authority. All authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. This is after he resurrected from the dead. He, he, he conquered death, hell, and the grave. Came and took the keys straight out of the hands of the devil and said, I've won the victory. And he arises up in power and says, I've got all power all power. If Jesus has all power, what does the Father have if they're separate? If Jesus has all power, what, is, what power does the Holy Ghost have if they're separate? There's no other power but that which is in Jesus. And then he tells them, go and, and baptize them in the name. What name? The name that has all power. 
he didn't have to tell him what the name of the father was. He said, if you see me, you've seen the father. He didn't have to tell him what the name of the son was. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. He didn't have to tell him who the Holy Ghost was. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. You want to know who the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost is? His name is Jesus. All the Godhead was in Jesus' Father. So when you're baptized, when you pray, when you need healing, when you read a verse like this, don't ever let somebody read this verse out of context because it's more powerful when you read it in context. He's saying, I got all power, all authority. And when he says the name of the Father, Father of creation, Son, I'm going to talk about how I have power over all, all the sacrifice I've done. And Holy Ghost, he said, I've got power to make you regenerate. I've got power to restore you. I've got power to heal you. Somebody stand all across the building and lift up your hands and give God praise. Come on, somebody worship him. Jesus, I'm so glad I know you as my father. Jesus, I'm gl so glad you are, you, are the, you are the man Christ Jesus, the sacrifice, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world, took away my sin. Huh? I'm so glad huh, that you empowered me through your spirit to become everything you called me to be, which is Christ in us, the hope of glory. Huh? I'm thankful that you are the one true living God. Huh? I'm so grateful there is none else. There's none beside you. There's none like you. You're the only Savior. Huh? You're the only one. God, you're everything we need. Oh, somebody praise him. Somebody praise him. I just feel like worshiping him. If you know who Jesus is, why don't you give him praise? Come on, you're the author. You're the finisher. You're the first. You're the last. You're the beginning. You're the end. You're my alpha. You're my omega. You're the, you are the lamb. You are the lion. You're the sacrifice. You're the forgiver of sins. You're my everything.